welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Welcome to episode 38 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I am joined by a very lovable character in the field, Mr. Jaden Ojeda. Hopefully I've said that right. Sorry, Jaden. <laughs> um, as everyone knows, names aren't really my forte, or speaking really. Anyway, uh, today you're going to hear a fantastic story around Jaden's growth from karting to his first Super 3 event coming up in the next couple of weeks at Phillip Island. Jaden is not only a professional race car driver on the way up, he's also studying a double degree at university, which is fantastic. So please help me welcome Jaden to the show. Cool. And welcome to the show, Jaden. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I always say I'm excited. <laughs> I always am excited to have my guests into the show um, because you are Mr. Nice Guy throughout the pits and everybody loves you and you do have a very exciting story to tell. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you got started into motorsport. I believe you got a go-kart when you were about seven years of age for a birthday gift. What a gift to get. Um, talk us through about your karting career. Yeah, so like you said, obviously you got my first go-kart when I was seven my seventh birthday and got to zip up and down the street a little bit. And just as you do, you kind of start off just for fun, going to the local club days, stuff like that. And then I won my first state title in 2010, I believe. Um, then kind of realized it was a bit more serious then and worked my way up and obviously achieved some pretty cool things in karting, winning quite a few state championships, um, Rotax Pro Tours and obviously the national championship just at the end. Getting to represent Australia as well was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's kind of obviously, like I said, started out for fun and worked my way up through, obviously being recognised as a Cairns Elite driver for a couple of years as well, which was pretty cool. And how did you get started into it? Was like, was it your dad, you know, like your parents, someone else? Why did you get a go-kart at seven? Did you um, create watching Formula One? Yeah, I was always kind of a little bit of a motorsport head. Um, I love watching it. Dad had a go-kart as well. He probably, he didn't really do it seriously. He kind of just went out in the odd months to do a couple of laps, so always went out and watched him, so you kind of just get, in, get interested and infused in it. So always kind of liked anything and killed anything with wheels. So that was kind of the obvious choice to send me down that pathway. Yeah, so you did mention that you were the Cairns Elite Driver Program for 2014, 15 and 16. What kind of things did you do in those programs? Um, so Cairns obviously set up the initiative to help help young drivers progress in not only in the aspect of driving but or everything that kind of happens outside of driving. So. A lot of it had to do with your physical development, uh, media preparations and just all the stuff that obviously not everyone sees on the TV, which obviously some drivers miss out on uh, the whole way up until they get up into that point of the career where they need it um, and they might not have it. So it was just kind of a really good initiative by Cam to go about it that way and it was really enjoyable as well getting to go with a bunch of probably 15, 20 odd kids your age to spend a couple of days away all together when it's not at a racetrack as well was pretty cool. Fantastic. So after karting, you moved on to Puma Forts. So tell us about who did you race with then? How did you go in that series? So I uh, raced before Ball and Development, uh, obviously the manufacturers of the Spectrum chassis. That was done through a link uh, through my engine building go-karting at the time. He actually won the Adam Macro, won the, won the championship for Mike in a Spectrum car. But yeah, then obviously did my Victorian State Championship and we showed some good pace throughout that year and 
it was a learning year by all means. Uh, a few DNFs, uh, a few offs, a few mistakes by myself, but mentally expected when you're when you're a young rookie. But overall, it was an ultimate, ultimately a really, really cool experience. And what age point did you reach that former fort for the state round? I would have started formerly forward when I would have been turning 16, so I would have been 15 when I first kind of hopped into the car. Obviously, it was a pretty pretty daunting experience when you're hopping into a race car before you've even got your learner's license. But ultimately, just just got to snatch at opportunities like that to get behind a car that quick. Yeah, and so from there, you've moved on from the state series into the national series. Was it with the same team? Yeah, so from there we've uh, continued on uh, with ball and development. Uh, went to the national series, and we had we had two successful years. Um, a few events that probably didn't work out our way, um, which ultimately kind of put us behind the eight ball in some some aspects. But it was still a really really enjoyable couple of years, and Mike helped me out a lot at the track and away from the track, and kind of taught me all the all the foundations and all the basics. So ultimately, he's he's helped me out a lot, and really thankful for that. So you just mentioned, Jaden, about the foundations and basics, putting on the spot here. What are yeah. they? Are you seeing like around about having those responses, about doing social media, being thankful, being the nice guy in the group, loving everybody? Uh, yeah, so Mike, Mike was ultimately a, a very good teacher, obviously going from go-karting to cars. There's a big, big swing in way of driving the car and way of racing and stuff like that. So. Ultimately, I was young. You kind of got no idea what you're doing, so you need someone like Mike or someone to kind of put you under their wing and show you the ropes of how this works, how this works. This is what happens if you do that. Obviously, you kind of need that guidance when you're that young. But yeah, Mike, Mike done that really, really well. <laughs> In 2018, um, you progressed up to Formula Four. How was that? Yeah, so obviously at the end of uh, 2017, we felt like we needed a little bit of a switch, um, but. Ultimately, a big big part of my whole racing career has been budget. Um, so couldn't make too big of a step uh, just from what we what we kind of had restricting us. So managed to get in contact with Adam and he managed to get me into the seat for the 2018 se- season. Ultimately, it was an obviously amazing year getting to win the championship and break a few records along the way. But uh, those boys really accepted me into their, into their family for that one year. Um, and it was a really, really good year. So we'll just go back a little bit talking about sponsorship. We know that sponsorship is one of the major barriers in successful race car drivers. How did you overcome that challenge of barriers? Was it about successful networks that you established? Was it from your family? Was it from what Borland or AGI were able to bring to the table? How did, how did your sponsorship throughout your journey come about? Luckily, my mum has been a typical mum and really pushed my, what I wanted to do. Unfortunately, we don't come from much of a motorsporting background, so a lot of the contacts we were making were new to us. Um, they weren't passed on from generations or so on. So a lot of the opportunities were us barging down doors, um, trying to open as many doors as we can, obviously, as you always try to. But ultimately, she sorted out a few sponsors, obviously, for me in my early early stages of the career and obviously really thankful for that. And then. It's, yeah, it's just a whole networking procedure. If you know that guy, you might know that guy and just opening doors along the whole way, um, which is kind of what we've gone about at my, my whole career is never closing a door completely because then obviously opportunities can arise where it can help you back out. And have you done the bunning sausage sizzle yet? <laughs> uh, we've, done a, we've done a few sausage sizzles actually um, out in the local area of Penrith, so... But yeah, we've we've gone we've gone about a few different initiatives. Obviously, we've got the JO Club that's happening as well, which we've uh, we'll, we continue for the 2019 season. That ran really well. 
Um, obviously, it's good to kind of get that fan base. You see it a lot in the supercars where the teams or the drivers might have their own. So it's good to kind of start that off early and kind of build the foundations and gain those long, long-lasting members that obviously can't help out and in a sponsorship term, but they still want to help out in whichever way they can. So it was a really good initiative. And do you want to talk us through about Club J.O.? Like what is it? How does it work? How can people get involved? Yeah, so basically Club J.O., um, like I said, it's Club J.O., so it's Club J.O. No Jada. Uh, it's a bit centred, obviously, around me, and it's about trying to help support me through my career. Obviously, it's $100 um, to get your name on the on the car last year. It was on the front wing of the front wing of the Formula 4, and this year it will be most likely on the boot lid of the Super 3 car. So, I mean, we've taken it many ways we can. Obviously, we've got a, we've got a shop on the website. Uh, obviously, we can do cash in hand and with people at the track or whatever whatever ways we can make it work, obviously. But yeah, ultimately, throughout last year, we did quite a few rewards as well. Like I gave a few people a two-seater experience um, with the Formula Ford team at Anglo, which was pretty cool, and I saw a lot of happy faces there. So, I mean, ultimately, it was only 100 bucks, but it helped out a lot of people and helped out myself a lot. Yeah, of course. It's one, it's great to get the fans involved in the motorsport journey. And number two, it, it's great that you're being able to have other specials and offers to give back to them as well uh, for coming on board. Have you had any other sponsorship initiatives, any other little wins that you've had, different ideas? Um, we also, during the whole Club J.O. initiative, uh, we created a Club J.O. Uh, Biz yeah. Club which was essentially for more of the – it moves away from a personal and a bit more to like your small businesses. Um, so obviously there's a lot of a lot of companies that are in the local area, they know what you do, they know what like, you're capable of, but ultimately, like I said, they can't, they can't fork out the, the thousands of dollars to become a big sponsor on your car. So, but they still want to help out. So the Club J, the J.O. Biz um, is just a kind of an extension on the Club J.O., but for businesses, so a little bit more money obviously, but then you're getting their logo in the – on the car in a certain spot. So it works out well. And I mean, we got quite a few on board last year and it was like a really good journey for them as well. Like I said, they, they got some hot lap experiences at the end of the year and they involved in all the, all the rewards as well. And so going back to the hot lap, you did say before that it's a two-seater opportunity. How is that being an open wheeler and having someone else sitting behind you as a driver? Yeah, um, obviously I run that through Anglo Motorsport. Tim actually gave me my first experience in a Formula Ford back when I was 15. I did a test day with them. But, yeah, he, I did a bit of work for Tim um, and then he asked, did you want to have a, have a steer of the two-seater? And I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind it. Um, it definitely is. He definitely notices someone back there. The car is very long, uh, so you have to drive it a little bit differently. But, like, it's a really, really cool car. It's a Formula Ford a little bit more power and a lot less grip as well. So you end up sliding around all over the place, which looks cool, but sometimes it can be a bit, bit terrifying even for yourself. Do you sell opportunities for people to buy a two-seater ride if someone's looking to do that? Yeah, so obviously we, um, I, I'm in pretty closely with Tim at the Anglo, Anglo Mob. So we actually have a store on our website that sells the two-seater experiences with me driving, which is great. Obviously having that great relationship with Tim, he's opened those kind of doors for me to have those opportunities with a lot of people that are close to me. So after your successful year in 2018 uh, with the F4, obviously with the F4 ruling, um, for those that don't know, once you win a championship, you can't compete in the category. Yeah, that's correct. It makes sense. Um, it's, the same, it's the same rule in Formula Ford. The champion can't, can't continue on to do another season. But 
I was lucky enough that Cam gave me the opportunity to run at the GP just because it is such a huge event. And obviously, I had great great supporters in AJM Transport and AGI Sport who helped me help me get out there for the weekend, and we enjoyed a really really good weekend. It ultimately, didn't get the results or the round results we were looking for, but we showed some really great pace and won the last race, which was, race, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool racing at the Australian Grand Prix. Obviously, that's the the race that everyone watches as Australian kids um, when the big boys get to come to town. Uh, so they finally get out on that track. It's an amazing track. Obviously, it's only one quality. It's just pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's one of my favourite tracks. <laughs> yeah. So, Jade, after your successful career, finally you're hitting um, the supercars, super V8, um, with the Super 3. How did that journey all come about? With the team, did you start seeking... Somewhere between half of last year, was that always the plan, or did your guys come to ask you for joining? Yeah, obviously, I mean, when the year starts to get close to the end, you start trying to figure it out, trying to put in place what you what you want to do for the following season. But we were very unsure what my plans were for a long time. Um, obviously, we wanted to put myself into the next category up. We weren't sure which way to go about it. Uh, ultimately, Michael from Anderson Motorsport got in contact with us. Um, this is post. Uh, getting the test day in the BJR supercar as well from Formula 4, which was a bit of an eye-opener. Uh, that was my obviously first first running the tin top at all, so it was pretty pretty different to what I was used to. But, yeah, then Michael contact us, contact, contacted us um, and we managed to put together a little bit of a deal for myself to race in the Super 3 this, this year, obviously. Managed to get a lot of my, my co-existing sponsors on board for this year and pick up a few more, obviously, Direction Plus going to stay on board and we managed to pick up the spares box mob as well which supported me at the Bathurst 12 hour um, but ultimately I'm really really looking forward to this year. Yeah and I believe you're doing Bathurst in a few weeks as well. Yeah so luckily we get to have the opportunity to go back to Bathurst um, get to do the six hour there in a production car which will be pretty cool I'm really looking forward to that so that will be very exciting. Yeah, so we are just mentioning before that um, if you're not at uni, that you are at the racetrack. And as you're involved in a lot of driver training for a lot of different organisations, why did you go down the driver training alley? And how did all of that opportunity come about? Was it about getting back to the sport? Was it there was just people idolising you already? I'm not too sure where it actually all started. I probably started a little bit with Anglo Motorsport. Um, me and Tim had been kept pretty close tight. Uh, throughout the years, even though I didn't officially race with Tim, we were pretty good friends off the track. And he asked me one day if I could help him out with the driver coaching. Um, by that stage, I was I was pretty good with the computer, with the data, um, being able to decipher all that. So I said, sure, why not, just to help him out a little bit more. Um, and then from there, I realized, oh, don't mind this. It's like, it's pretty good. And then just the more contacts I made, the more people realized what I could do. Um, and they they kind of wanted the, wanted the help. Um, and it was a good opportunity for both myself to keep keep at the racetrack. Obviously, while you're at the racetrack, you're meeting new people. Um, you're always learning something one way or another, whether you're driving or you're coaching. So it was a good opening for m- myself and obviously me keeping pretty close grips with uh, both previous teams and current teams. Obviously, I'm still working for AGI Sport and the Formula 4 Championship as driver coach now and engineer. But ultimately, it was, it's really cool, yeah. And what's the grand plan for Jaden um, in a few years? Is, is it professional race car driver? Is it coach driver development? Is it business development? 
is there a plan yet or are you just kind of going through the motions with the motions? Ultimately, I think like like anyone uh, aspiring in racing, you want to you want to become a professional driver. Uh, so that's number one goal, but obviously you've got to kind of have a full say. So both the coaching, uh, that's obviously been keeping me pre- pretty busy throughout the weeks. Um, and then I've got uni on the side as well. That's what I'm chugging through at the moment. So just having those doors open. So if one door closes, you've still got another two or three doors to be fully explored. Um, I think it's really important. Yeah, and I love the fact that um, you're going to university and you're doing not one but two different things in business and communications. Has that helped you with your racing career, having that background, having that knowledge and skills or that you're acquiring at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Um, even if you speak to my, my manager, Martin, he'll, he'll even tell you the same thing. The, the further I progress into uni, the more I kind of understand motorsport from a business point of view and for all other businesses seeking into motorsport, you know what you can try to offer them, or from a sponsor's point of view, what they want from what they want to receive out of sponsoring. So it's definitely uni's helped me a large amount on that aspect, and UWS have helped me out as well in the aspect of motorsport. Obviously, they've got me on sports scholarship at the moment, so they've been really helpful on that in that regard. So I can't be more thankful from them. I had a post on Instagram the other day, and I'm not sure if you saw it, and I asked the question, do you consider motorsport to be a business or a sport? Um, what was depends your what I was looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it changes day on day, obviously. When you're at the racetrack, it's for that 30 minutes, you're a, it's a sport because that's all you're doing, you're performing. And when you're away from the racetrack and you're training, obviously it still continues as a sport, but it's very quickly can shift into business when you start talking numbers and numbers and reports um so i think it's a it's a very fine line between what it what it would count as um at the end of the day it is motorsport but there is a lot of business that is involved in making it a sport yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, now, Jen, as you've obviously gone through the ranks and you've been more involved in motorsports, you know that you're thrown. And so where you've got like you and Dad, and then there's your Dad and an engineer, and then there's your Dad, Mum, being manager slash social media person, everything else. And now you have all the other managers. You've got Mike, you've just mentioned. You've got trainers, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. When did you find that you started engaging in all of these people to help build your brand and help build you as, as a driver and had that assistance? And what kind of roles do people play now? Obviously, like I said, it starts out as a family. Um, so <laughs> each family takes off in their own little role. Uh, Mum was a little sponsorship guru. Dad was the mechanic. Um, then obviously as you venture on, the tasks just start to become quite quite big at hand. So obviously... It goes from being one mechanic on a go-kart to having four mechanics on a race car. So uh, it gets difficult in that aspect. And then a lot of the sponsorship obviously ramps up the more you do. So Martin is a family friend who kind of started helping out at the beginning and then really wanted to start getting involved. Um, Or he might tell you he really did not want to start getting involved. But (laughs) he started getting involved uh, probably towards the end of my Formula Forward career. Um, And again, he's probably helped out a lot more on the the sponsorship side um, and he kicks my butt every once in a while regarding social medias. Um, Mum, same kind of thing. She, she does a lot of the sponsorship stuff. Um, myself, obviously, I'm the driver, the trainer, um, do a lot of my own social media stuff as well. So it's all pretty exciting. And then obviously we've outsourced a, a training a training group um, for myself this year just because we 
starts to get a bit full on and you kind of need that that professional assistance um, as you want to become a professional driver. You, you need to be the fittest you can be. Um, that requires obviously having the right diet and the right the right tra- training program and pre and post events and there's just a lot more that goes into it which you kind of you kind of need. Um, so, yeah, it's, it gets pretty full on and I'm expecting obviously hopefully as I, as I progress further into my career, more, more people will get involved. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure it will happen to you. But have you ever gone or heard a story going to a new team and not getting on with any of the other pit crews or the mechanics, engineers, management? Like obviously you, you hear about it. You hear about people having fallouts. Um, I've been lucky enough to basically get on with a lot of people that I meet. Um, I think that a lot of that comes down to my personality. I'm, I'm pretty bubbly little fella. So everyone's always always happy around me, which is good, and I, I don't really like to be down too much. So whenever I am down, I try to keep it to myself and keep everyone else in a positive mood. But, yeah, you do hear about it. All right, let's let's hit this degree stuff. So you do have a fantastic social media following. You've got around about four thousand fans at the moment. Well done on that brand. Um, you are very camera. Do you think that doing video has has assisted you, or your education with your uni background, or having that other support like your mum or Martin? Yeah, like you said, obviously we built a quite quite a well, quite a good following on Facebook. Um, a lot of that comes down to just constant posting. Um, we started out the Facebook page when I think I would have been about 13 or something like that when I was in go-karts. Um, so a lot of those followers have just carried on throughout the years, which is good, and a lot of new ones come, have come on board, which is also really good. Do you like boost or pay for any ads on Facebook to, to get followers or are they all organic? There's a, uh, we've obviously boosted a few posts. I there's obviously people out there that boost every post. Um which I'm not sure is, is the way to go about it, but we have boosted a few posts in the past, um, just depending on what they are, depending on what we're trying to do with that post. Um, obviously, Martin's Martin's a, a qualified marketer, so he knows how to go about things as well. So he's been really helpful in that regard when it comes down to how to do things on social media, why we do things. Um, he's also, like I said, he keeps me in line with my videos. He's made sure I'm a really good public speaker. Um, and always trying to mention the sponsors and thank the sponsors because at the end of the day they're the people that get me to the track. So it's about trying to trying to give back in every way you can. And obviously, social media is a bit of a I guess say a forgotten aspect, but it's also very very influential. If you have a big following, it obviously can be a good selling point, um, which we're hopefully trying to do and try trying to build on, so we can do it in the future. Yeah, and. With your website, which is fantastic, something yourself, um, like updates, or is that a Martin job, or is that another another helper in the world? Martin does a lot of the a lot of the work on that. Um, obviously, we have to outsource a outsource a builder for that, but Martin ultimately does all the updates and stuff like that. He's pretty pretty tech busy in that kind of stuff. Um, and your media releases as well. Yeah. So. I love the love the website updates and media releases, and we do a lot of newsletters that we send out to all the club members and sponsors and stuff like that. That's all done by Martin. Um, I'm just really, really lucky and thankful for him. <laughs> 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 all 
I'm sure he's very appreciative of your thankfulness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, Dan, I know you're really big on sim training and I'm yet to interview a sim driver yet. I'm looking for an eSport competitor. So if you know someone, let me know. Um, right. Tell us about, um, I know there's a fantastic new setup at City Motorsport Park. Um, you're one of the coaches there. Um, how valuable is um, sim training and, you know, can anyone do it? Anyone do it? Some training work. Yeah, obviously I do. I do quite a bit of work with uh, the guys out at Euros. Um, Oli, the guy that run, looks after it, me and him have a pretty good, pretty good relationship. So that kind of started out probably in about 2016. Um, I helped them develop their Formula Forward model, obviously because Formula Forward is something pretty different and drastic compared to any other car. So helped them develop that, um, and then ultimately I've, I've used whatever they whatever I've been racing uh, up until this point. I think simulator, I've never really dealt into simulators until I met those guys. Um, and ultimately, I think depending on how you go about it, it's very easily confusing. confusing. Um, a lot of sim, if you don't have the right equipment um, or the right programming and stuff like that, you can get lost very easily or you can learn bad techniques. Um, the guys at Euros luckily have a really good setup. Um, and offer some awesome training as well. So in that aspect, I think it's really, really rewarding to make sure you have the right equipment. Um, and luckily those those guys have that equipment. So it's really, really good. Obviously, they're only out at Eastern Creek, so they're kind of in everyone's face every minute of the day, um, which is what they kind of need to be. But, yeah. And what kind of role do you think eSports playing um, in motorsports? We know in Europe and everything, it's been quite big. Like winners of eSports are getting, getting real live drive. Do you see that yeah. being a, another category, I guess, in itself as trying to also compete for a V8 supercar drive and a Formula 1 drive right at the top, even though you don't physically drive against them every single weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, with the, the way the technology is going and developing, um, it's kind of only natural we're seeing the eSport world expand and become such a such a big thing now. Obviously, it's, it's pretty pretty big over in over over in Europe. Um, obviously, now Australia is starting to get the push behind it as well. There's, I think I'm pretty sure there's a there's an eSport series where they put a couple of eSport drivers against real world drivers. Um, and so I think whether or not I'm pretty sure. Gran Turismo put the the Nissans. Um, obviously, you can go through a competition there and you win the simulator competition. You get a full year in their GT3 car, which is a pretty crazy. pretty crazy thing to play. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think ultimately, the, as the days and years go on, um, it's only probably going to get bigger as well. And I think, again, like with anything, there's going to be pros and cons to it. Like I can already see like sponsorship going because they're going to have a bigger reach because more people will be tuning in as opposed to going to the track. So I think um, we need to be mindful of that we're coming through, hopefully not as strong as it is in Europe at this stage. <laughs> um, now, I'm really big on mental preparation, Jaden. Do you have any um, superstitions? superstitions, um, like unusual, gloves, anything, or any kind of mantras or routine. I think you're the headphones. You do. You do. Uh, I'll put the headphones on for a little bit, depending how I feel. Um, I don't know. I think uh, a lot of a lot of psych people I've talked talk to, they all believe in having the, the routines prior to, prior to race. Um, a lot of the time I've tried a lot of different routines. Um, 
I think with me, I just like to talk. I just like to walk around, have a chat, <laughs> do whatever, really. Um, it's a bit bit odd, but I think, I don't, know, I don't know, sometimes it's when I perform my best is when I'm most relaxed. So take me out of that stressful environment and just having a chat about their weekly, my mechanic's weekly day job or something like that um, often helps me perform my best. And then I'm just able to switch on a couple of minutes before the race and then off we, off we go. I can be in the best state of my life. Um, but obviously there's people that spend 20, 30 minutes I've seen preparing, chucking blood around, doing everything to get ready. Um, and, but like I said, it's kind of each person has their own way of going about it. Um, as for the superstitions, I don't really have one. Um, kind of got, got the routine. I don't like to put my gloves on before I get belted on. Um, but that's just because I don't like to have my hands in my gloves for very long. But uh, I don't really have any other superstitions. So how do you think the heart rate's going to go going from the open wheelie to the tin top, sitting on that grid for the first race of Phillip Island in a couple of weeks? Do you think you're still going to be cool, calm and collective or this is a whole new ball game for you? Yeah, um, obviously, like, it's pretty pretty big change. Um so I'm not I'm not completely sure, but hopefully, hopefully I can still keep nice and relaxed. Um, don't, I don't like to stress about too much. Uh, I like to play everything off pretty pretty relaxed and pretty cool. So we'll find out, I guess. But ultimately, it's it's still another it's still another meeting. It's a big big change to what I'm used to, like I said. But ultimately, hopefully, we can just tick the box and keep keep it that way. Yeah, and I see that you've got a favorite quote. Is that like your mantra as well from um, Senna? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's the quote on my website. So, a lot of like like anyone in motorsport, everyone everyone desires and idolises Senna. Um, so, I think that quote kind of speaks for a lot. Um, so yeah. Cool. And last, we're wrapping up now. Do you have any advice on uh, for upcoming drivers? Just really staying true to their vision of pursuing their dreams of being a professional motorsport competitor? Yeah, probably like my, my biggest bit would be just not to close the doors. Um, a lot of time I've gotten into, opened a lot of doors because I leave somewhere and I, I still keep the relationship, I still keep talking, I still keep smiling and doing whatever. Um, I ultimately like being happy. Um, I remember when I, I crashed out, unfortunately, in race two at the Australian Grand Prix. Um, Got back to the pits. Um, obviously, you bummed out that you crashed out, but uh, was Antonio had just gotten his first win, so you can't you can't help but be happy. And I was smiling with the team. You don't want to be that one guy that's sad, um, and you ultimately just want to move on. When you have bad experiences, you analyse them, yes, but ultimately it's just about being happy, um, enjoying it. Obviously, I enjoy any any day I'm at a racetrack. It's very very rare you catch me at a racetrack being unhappy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, probably my biggest bit and obviously trying to give back to those people that helped you out, obviously, whether that be team sponsors. Obviously, I've been very lucky to have a great sponsorship backing from a lot of people. Um, companies like SMS Diesel have stuck with me since day dot. Um, and then obviously new companies like Direction Plus, Sparesbox, Secura, a lot of these new companies have come on board in the past couple of years and really gotten behind me and I'm really thankful for that. So ultimately, it's about trying to create those opportunities. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, and I really believe that your attitude to life, to your racing, um, your commitment towards your sponsors and to your family is the reason why we will see you in a VX Supercar in the near future. Obviously, your sponsors have stayed with you for a reason. You obviously look after them off the track as well, and, and they have the same belief in you. So well done, and congratulations on your career today, and I cannot wait to see you up at the main game. Um, what... I have to ask, what is your favourite race category to date? Um, one that I've raced in or that I've yeah. watched, I've raced in. Um, favourite race category. Oh, it's a difficult <laughs> one. Obviously, the supercar's pretty cool. Drivers, a lot of power. Um, the Formula Four's got exceptional, exceptional grip, exceptional uh, handling. Um, Formula Ford's Got some pretty pretty mental racing. Obviously, there's a lot of slipstreaming in that. A good Formula Ford race is probably pretty up there. Um, Formula Fours, that last lap at Pukekohe with Ryan um, in race one, I believe it was, where we had the close close finish. Where we were probably side by side. I probably put that as one of my top races so far. So I don't know. It's it's a very it's a very tough one. I don't, I don't want to pick a side. But yeah, I, I don't know if I can answer it. I've all had a special uh, moment of memories for you throughout your career. So that's completely yeah. understandable. Uh, but of course, what is your favourite racetrack? Uh, favourite racetrack? Probably probably Sandown. Yeah. Um, I there a lot and full move forward. Obviously, I raced the Victoria State too, so went to Sandown a couple of times. Um, unfortunately, I didn't race there last year, which was a bit of a bummer, but we'll go back there this year in the Super Free calendar. Um, yeah, it was just a really, really cool track and I really liked it. Um, obviously, there's two big drag strips of straights. Um, but it, when I was driving there in a Formula 4, there's not many tracks you get to attack some of the curbs like you can there. Um, so just, just for that aspect, it was pretty cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to going there this year in the Super Free for our final round. Oh, well, Dan, I wish you all the very best for 2019 in the Super 3 Series. Um, I'm going to have all the links up to Club J.O. So if anyone's wanting to support Jaden, please head over and join a Club Jaden. Um, thank you again for your time today. I really appreciate it, sharing your journey. Um, hopefully it inspires some young carters and um, four four drivers to keep going and pursuing their dreams too of Jaden to the top. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Well, we'll fall up on your journey. And if you win the championship, I'd like to have you back on at the end of the year. <laughs> well, I hope it, I like it will do take to at the end of the year anyway to do your first season of um, Super 3s. And then hopefully you'll have um, an idea of what's happening in 2020. Yeah, yeah, mega. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jaden. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.